So today the title is Conscious Evolution and Selection Souls. I don't think any of us really expected to be alive nowadays to see all the things that are passing by, all the crazy things that are happening. Everything's changing so quick. The turmoil that's going is this society. A friend of mine, he said he just, he just wants to stop the violence, turmoil. Very simplistic. It should be that. We should just stop. But when we look at the history, we look at the power struggles, the economic struggles. Unfortunately, the way the world works, it's not that simple. It's quite complex. And so we really have to step back and see the whole picture. This problem that we see in society and the world is really a problem of the individual. And if the individual never feels peace, neither will the world as a society. We'll always be in war and conflict, inevitably. Because the individual doesn't feel true peace. They just want their psychological, their psychological state never to be disturbed. So therefore, they put their state onto others. And we saw what happened with the pandemic. People were left alone. Yet there was more depression and there was more suicide than there ever has been, showing that the individual really doesn't know true peace. They think by placing rules onto this and ideas and theories that we can achieve it. But it just proves that the peace is not of the mind. A thief wants to steal money, become rich, and never have to worry about the consequences or the police. You see someone that drinks, likes to party, would love to drink all day, and never have a hangover. That'd be the best for them. In the world, we've come to a point where we think peace can just become from war by subduing the other person. Peace cannot be conquered. Peace cannot be the outcome of violence. Peace comes to us when we dissolve the I. Only when we destroy all those psychological factors within ourselves that produce wars. That's Samuel Bior. So true authentic peace comes from a tranquil heart. As he says again, the top quote, authentic peace comes from legitimate beauty. Wisely comprehended, the beauty of the tranquil heart breathes out the delectable perfume of true inner peace. Supreme beauty can only be born within us when the eye has died in a radical, total, and definitive manner. So true inner peace comes from a tranquil heart. If we look at this scene here, we see this body of water and it is forest. And many people retreat to this area to feel peace. It doesn't happen with intellectual analysis. It's not a type of idea or theory. It's just that it is. We go there, we feel it. Showing that peace does not come from the mind. It doesn't even really come from the emotion. It's beyond that. It's something infinite, something really divine. And unfortunately, something we know very little about. This type of scene gives us type of aroma that influences us. This is why bodies of water become so popular. So what is happening in the world? Why are we, why are these, all these things just happening to us? And we, we never asked for a pandemic. We never asked for wars happening. We never asked for what is going on in the world. So what is really happening? To better understand this, we need to talk about evolution. Where are we starting and how we got there? So evolution is defined by 
different stages and steps of development. Present science sees evolution as natural selection through physical laws. And this is a type of dogmatic view because a dogma takes beliefs and is dictated by authority. So therefore, they just try to prove that theory within itself, within that box. From a Gnostic point of view, we see that all life forms, minerals, plants, animals, and humans are consumed of a trio, matter, energy, and consciousness. From the, from the Gnostic point of view, we see the evolution of the consciousness as the way life forms evolve. So we reject the dogmatic view where present science has evolution, but we don't totally reject it. There is some sort of natural selection that happens in the physical world. It's just not the whole truth. It's a part truth. So you could see this evolution of the consciousness within nature. For instance, if we take a rock, a very simple life form, and then it goes from a plant, a more complex one, an animal, even more complex than that, to a human. Even within those kingdoms, in the mineral kingdom, you have a simple rock you can find anywhere outside. As well, you can see something as beautiful as gold or a crystal. Plants the same way, some common grass. You can see something as aromic and beautiful as a rose. Then you go from an animal, you get something as a worm or a bug, which really has sensations of good and bad. Not so much there. You can go up to a more complex life form as a mouse, an alligator. Still only has instincts, but is operating a more complex life form. And then we can come all the way to a dog, you could say, and if it's domesticated as a pet. You can see that it has developed, it can even restrain its own instincts. It has a type of emotion. You can even see some intelligence within that animal. You come up to a human, we see that the intellect is matured. We can see the emotion is, is matured. And as well, we see a greater type of life form. Even the sexual aspect of a human is matured. And you can see the progression even in, in a mineral to a, an animal. A mineral, you can take two minerals and combine them together, you get a compound. Flowers or plants, they produce pollen and they cross-pollinate. Animals produce as well as they have sex for pleasure. We can see something more advanced, like a duck is always known to have a sexual relationship as well as they mate for life. Humans have that same capacity. It's expected of a human to have a sexual relationship and commit it to a spouse. So nature has, through evolution, through mechanical evolution, has trained that consciousness to work with greater complexities of energy and matter as time goes, till it gets to the epitome of nature, which is a human. At that point, nature has developed what we call the three brains. The intellectual brain, which is the mind, the emotional brain, which represents with the heart and the nervous center. And then as well, the spinal column, which relates to the motor, instinctual, sexual center, or brain. In there, nature has done this mechanically. And it got us to the point where we have received enough intelligence where we can affect that consciousness with responsibility to create energy and matter on our own, with our own free will, in order for us to evolve beyond this wheel of mechanical evolution. Obviously, with this evolution, there's also a de-evolution. 
If we use that consciousness and negatively transform energy and matter, we obviously will go on a de-evolutionary process. We just become more animalistic. This is obvious. This type of wheel is known in the Eastern traditions as the wheel samsara. In the Western tradition in Judaism and Christianity, it is known as makuth, which is the sphere at the bottom there. Makuth in Hebrew means kingdoms because we have mineral kingdom, we have the plant kingdom, animal kingdom, and the human kingdom. It's the four kingdoms. The tree of life is a map of the universe as well as our souls, a map of the consciousness. The very top is very pure, divine energy and matter. A very subtle type of consciousness is energy and matter. The top three spheres, as you see, are known as the Trinity. On here, it's Keter, Okmah, Bina. Or in Christianity, this is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you're familiar with the Bible and the book of John, it says the first logos, second logos, third logos, or more modern tr translation, first word, second word, third word. So what happens here is the energy at a very pure state at the very top, it kept there, the Father, that energy descends down into greater and greater densities of energy and matter until it reaches the physicality in which it completely condenses into this physical world. So nature has done has given us a great opportunity. It's given this human body and has matured these three brains. So we have an opportunity to evolve further. To get off this wheel, we have to learn how to use the consciousness in a positive manner and how it affects energy and matter so we can actually create something internal, something of good, something divine, not negative. But nature has done also something else for us, something additional. It has created a starting point for us to create the soul. Before we go into that, in order to bring something physical in, we need three things. We need some sort of emotion or some sort of inspiration or passion. Then we need the intellect to mold it. And we need the energy and willpower to bring it into physically. The same idea of using these three type of energies, you could say, brings everything into physicality, even us. So nature, like I said, gives us a great gift of developing those three brains, but as well gives a starting point within, you could say, the universe or within ourselves in order to create something else. So what it gives us is something called protoplasmic bodies or lunar bodies. It is almost like you could say a temporary soul in order for us to establish ourselves. These bodies are considered a four. Even this physical body is considered lunar or protoplasmic. It's a gift from nature. We have it for a little while and it dies and goes back. But it's also consumed of the vital body, or you could hear the etheric body or the energetic body. On the tree of life, it is the asod. Next one is the astral body. On the tree of life, it's hod. And then the mental body. On the tree of life, that's nasak. Now these bodies are within us. They're not somewhere else. And we've all experienced them, whether we know it or not. So we're very familiar with them. And each one of these bodies associates with one of the three brains. So we have the mental body associates with the intellectual brain, the astral body, the emotional brain. Then the vital body, which we consider the energetic body, associates with the spinal column, the motor, instinctual, sexual brain.
We know if you have a spinal injury, the body can be paralyzed or you could die. It's nearly one of the worst injuries you can ever have is a spinal injury. And of course, the physical body we're very familiar with. Now, all beings have this. Every rock, plant, animal has these bodies. The only difference between them and us is they're not fully developed and not fully mature. So in a sense, a rock doesn't have a full sense of its physicality, you could say, or even its emotion or intellect. It's not developed. You see, with a plant, it has a higher form of that, but it's not fully developed. It's not to a human that these bodies have had their fully maturity, and we have right of full using them. We've experienced these bodies every time we go to sleep at night. So when we go to sleep, come out of our bodies into the dream world, whether we know it or not. Someone that astral projects is conscious of coming out of the body and experience that astral body or the mental body. The only difference between someone who says they astral project and someone that doesn't is that they are conscious the entire time. So when the physical body falls asleep, they are conscious of actually coming out of the body into that astral world. For anybody who just dreams, they fall asleep and the consciousness falls asleep as well and never experiences that afterwards except for a couple of dreams possibly. And that's it. But anytime we think intellectually, we're using that mental body because the, the brain is not, we think thoughts are in the brain. This is, the brain is really a receiver of energy, a transformation of it. It is receiving it from that body. Part, it does the same thing. It's just a transformation of energy. It's the nervous system around that from the astral body. The physical body receives energy from all three of these sources, but mostly the vital body because it's the energy that the body uses. When the vital body runs out of energy, so does the physical body, and it dies. So each time we die, the physical body dies, as well as the body, vital body disintegrates. And the astral body and the mental body continue. And this continues throughout all our lifetimes, even from when we were developing as a mineral plant and animal. So those two bodies are very old. It says the lunar bodies belong to nature. She lends them to us, and therefore we have to return them to her. This was Samuel and York. So we can see how we got to this point where we are now. So why are we dealing with what we're dealing with? It's because basically we're not educated enough on how we are transforming that energy and matter with our consciousness. So for instance, if we have a moment of anger or lust, let's say lust, and we, through our five senses, we hear or we see the opposite sex. Those senses form a mental image, which gets transformed as a memory that gets stored in these bodies. So each time we run into that same scenario, we see a memory or a reflection within the mind or in those bodies, and then we transform it from the external world as we see it. That consciousness gets trapped within that energy and matter from that negatively transformed energy. So if we think of all the different defects we have of anger, jealousy, lust, desires, Throughout our lifetime, we've transferred a lot of negative energy. And these bodies begin to not work as well. 
And if we think of all the past lives we've had for many lifetimes, and it's been a bunch, these bodies have become sick and they're becoming heavy. Therefore, when we think of something, when we think of peace, we think of seeing something as real and all we're seeing is a reflection of mental images in our mind. It's not something in the divine. And that's why we put psychological restrictions on how the world should be. So we think that's the way to freedom. But this is really just the opposite. What we're actually reproducing there is something called evil. It's taking that chaos and putting it onto the world. So we need help. And the greatest tool we have is meditation. Because what we look for when we meditate is to receive information. Something beyond or ourselves, something of new. That new information comes from the divine. So above the lunar bodies, we have what we call the world of pure spirit, also known as Bria, which means the world of creation. It's, it's also another name of world of ethics, or you could say the triangle of the monad. The triangle is consumed as three things, this trinity. We have Tifereth, which means willpower. Anything with divine willpower is something very beautiful. Geberah means divine soul. Hesed is the monad, or you could say it's the Atman in Christianity, it's the Our Father. Uh, in Gnosis, we call it the being, or the internal being or inner God. And it's really consumed of these three things, and even what's above that. But this divinity can never mix with the ego. The ego does not belong there. It actually doesn't even belong in the astral world or the mental world. It's like oil and water. So therefore, the divine demands that those egos be disintegrated. It's what they call in Greek chaos. It's not chaos in the sense there's just turmoil that happens everywhere. It's chaos to the ego because the ego does not mix with it. It does not know it. It's what disintegrates it. So it's very afraid of it. So if we want to begin to disintegrate these negative actions and turn into positive, to transform them, we need to meditate and to bring something new in. We need to break those mirrors, those mental images, those memories we have within and cut through them. It's the only way we can do it. We couldn't do it without divinity. Human, the name human actually is a combination of the spirit and the mind. Hugh, the spirit, the monad or pneuma. Manas, or man, in Germanic, means the mind, one that can think. So you can see the one that can think with the spirit, with the divine, actually means human. In reality, we are not a true human. We're just an intellectual animal looking to be a human. Even Jesus said, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the book of Matthew. Combining the divinity with the lower aspect of the soul there. So how does one know that a person has knowledge, or rather that a person really has understanding? I'm going to tell you, from the unity of the being with knowing come understanding. It is, let's say, understanding the medium that connects the being with knowing. A person may have knowledge, but if that person doesn't succeed in uniting that knowledge with the being, then that person won't have understanding. So how do we go about meditation in order to receive this new knowledge. The first thing is we need to calm the mind down. Anytime we 
study or read. If we're looking at our cell phone, the computer, and trying to read, it'll take us forever. But if we're concentrated on that subject and look at it, we'll get through it fairly quickly. So concentration is key. Uh, one thing I use is I bring in a tea candle, just have it lit in front of you. If you just look at the candle and see the mental image, and close your eyes and imagine the candle moving and concentrating on that imagery. That'll get the mind settled down. And if it goes away or the mind wanders, open the eyes, come back to the candle, take a mental picture and do it again. This may take time. Just like the physical body takes a moment when it sits down to relax, the mind can be a little slower. So it may take you 30 minutes before the mind get concentrated. It could take an hour. Sometimes you just have to wait it out. But don't daydream in those moments. Try to really work at it. And eventually, it'll become easier and easier. So Samuel Vior says, when the mind is, ready, is really still, not violently still, I repeat, but still, spontaneously and naturally, when the mind is silent, not silenced by force or gagged, because then inside it would be screaming. No. I repeat, in silence, in a natural way, then the new comes. Then if we want to learn about how to use energy and matter to correct it with our consciousness, he goes further and says, then close your eyes so that nothing in the world distracts us. And then observe our mind in action. If a thought comes to us, study it. Observe it carefully. Understand it deeply and then forget it. If a memory comes, you have to do the same. Study it, weigh it, measure it, and forget it. After having understood it thoroughly, completely, totally. If any desire comes, well then, we're going to study the desire to deepen it, to see what is real about it, then forget it. Every thought, every desire, every memory, every idea, etc., must be rigorously studied, thoroughly comprehended. This is how we get to know our ego, our I, our myself. Because everything that comes to the mind when we try to meditate, everything that tries to sabotage our work is our own ego, our own desires. So he says something here kind of contradictory, at least to the intellect. He says to forget it, but then he says to comprehend it. Now to the intellect, this seems very confusing. Because how do you comprehend something if you're not thinking of it? Well, when we come up to, let's say, that lust, we imagine this scenario and we go over it like a movie theater. Don't judge it. Just go through it in our mind. We may even come from different angles, how that person may have saw us or how we may have done it right. And then we forget about it, meaning that we silence the mind because we need to bring something in new. And it's not that we're going to receive an image or possibly or, or of something of that sort, because the mind may latch onto that. But really, we're, talking, we're working with the consciousness. So with time, we'll start to notice that these egos won't bother us as much. We're like, oh, well, we don't, I don't act like that. And we'll perform correct actions. With time, those egos start to lose more and more energy because we're not using them as we did before, we're learning how to use the energy and matter in a mature way. Eventually these egos will die if we continue that work. The system then of investigating with the consciousness 
is better than investigating with the intellect. Consciousness is wiser because with the consciousness, we directly experience the truth with the intellect. What do we experience? Nothing. So if we just try to experience with the intellect, we will experience nothing. I mean, how many intellectuals are out there that have studied so much religion and still don't know anything about it? You can learn more just from meditating once a day than you could ever learn from studying many books. So one is present, presented with a problem in life. One should not try to solve it. It is better to dissolve it. A problem really is, a men is, a, is mental for with two poles, the positive and the negative. So the intellect only sees the positive and negative. We have a problem. In order to get something new, we try to dissolve it. And that's why we try to forget about the problems in order to bring something in new. The more we dissolve those egos, the more consciousness gets released. It is free to explore and to receive. Oh, mental form. I forgot. Sorry, it says, is a mental form of two poles. I missed the M in there. The serious thing is that people are so deceived that they believe that all action must be necessarily come from the mind. They never do the will of the Father. They never act with the, with the dictates of the consciousness. They do not listen to the consciousness. They prefer to do things with their more or less twisted or crazy ideas. According to their merely intellectual impulses, that has led us into error. Look at the state of humanity is in. So more meditation, please more meditation. That is what we need. So what we need, obviously, is what he said, need more meditation to stop using the intellect because we've worn it out as much as we could. So we see that we have a type of resolution to our problem. We see how nature has given this opportunity for us and that we are in a deep situation we're in a bad situation you can see the state of the world and he and we're given a solution in order to solve that so what's happening on a cosmic level because like i said before we never asked for these things that happen to us we get it that things are happening within why is that so the world acting like this well, there's something that's happening on Earth physically, but cosmically, there's a big change that's happening. The Earth is going through a great change. So just like in humans, there is an evolutionary process. Earth is going through that same process. So for humans, if we continue the same process of never, we don't care about any of this type of work, we just continue with the mechanical evolution at one point those mental and astral bodies become so heavy with negatively transferred matter and energy that they the can't even produce a new physical body it is totally worn out and those bodies that are really located in heaven and that have ego within aren't natural to that area and they sink and they begin to go into hell to decompose because all energy needs to transform or be sacrificed. So nature is going to do itself or we do it ourselves through self-sacrifice. And it goes into a place called cliff off or hell. 
Kapoth means empty shells because nothing within these lunar bodies has ever been built. There hasn't been solar bodies, which we'll talk in another lecture, but even further, they're infected and terribly infected. That's why we see so much sickness and mental illness. It's permeating through the vital body as well, the physical body. So the earth goes through a similar process as this. The earth needs to transform consciously in order for it to get to the next stage or else it will de-evolve as well. And every humanity there goes through four stages or four ages. We have the golden age and as it's a perfectly divine type of humanity age. When they start to devolve, it goes to a silver age, to a copper age, to an iron age, which we are at now. You may be familiar with it, the word Kali Yuga, which has been used quite a bit. It's the time we're in now. It's when humanity has totally forgotten about divinity, God, consciousness, and all they really know is physicality. They only believe in the God of themselves. They do not look for divinity because they cannot see it no more. They're blinded. And so therefore, they just look at things in the physical world and they identify with the physical body completely. In doing so, this causes a lot of turmoil, as we're seeing now. That Kali age, or Kali Yuga, had really started around the Roman times. But now we are kind of hitting the end of that stage. The earth goes and nurtures seven types of root races. All of us have been familiar with the Atlantean race. They had a golden age, and eventually they sank to the bottom of the ocean. At least that's what the myth says. Then the Lemurian race had a similar fate. They had a golden age as well as an iron. The iron race is going to be no different. As we could see, it's heading in directions that none of us ever thought we could live through. I mean, we already talked about a World War III. In the name of peace, we're going to nuke ourselves. That's complete insanity. And how is that ever going to solve any problems is crazy. But unfortunately, that's the stage we've come to. What's happening on a cosmic level, as I said, the lunar bodies are becoming so heavy, they can't, the energy that has come from the divine cannot produce another vital body or physical body. At that point, the earth has done whatever it could to sustain human life on earth. And at that point, the decomposition, decomposition or the degeneration of humanity begins. So earth needs that energy which is always known as a skokin or a skokin. When energy comes from the cosmos, it enters different beings, minerals, plants, and animals, and gets transformed into the earth, which the earth can feed on, the intellectual humans as well. But as they degenerate, that energy becomes corrupted, and the earth can't feed it anymore. It actually, the earth becomes sick and trying to support humanity now. So it tries everything it can. The divine tries to help humanity as much as it can. But at one point, that energy has to be sacrificed, consciously or mechanically. And right now, throughout humanity, unfortunately, all that's done being mechanically right now. And a great humanity is sinking into hell. So divinity is going through a great help to help the individuals that want to get out of this and want to sacrifice themselves consciously. We call this a selection of souls. The ones that are willing to listen and to start practicing. Therefore, things like this, like gnosis, which means knowledge, knowledge through experience, 
not through just listening to lectures or reading books, but actually things where we practice and we receive the practical knowledge that we know is true, like through meditation, and we experience true peace without thinking or without emotion. That's something that's real, something that we know that's beyond the intellect. That's the first selection. It's not you're picked or you're picked. It's that the consciousness is awakened enough where it listens and it wants to change. This is not something these teachings haven't been made up. Even Jesus himself said his teachings were not made up. He says, my teachings are not mine, but from him who sent me. So on earth, there's two stages of this Kali Yuga. The first stage is the decomposition of the, of the physical body, where the physically things are purged. And most likely, it looks like humanity will almost extinguish itself. But earth as well, when it can't get any more out of humanity, it's given everything it can, and it's becoming sick itself. And if it does not have change, it'll devolve with us. Humanity will therefore be sacrificed, and the earth will go through a big change. When that change happens as well, the lunar bodies will dip into hell in order to decompose. So that soul, that essence, that consciousness, that individual becomes cleansed and released is free. It's divine again, so it has a chance to evolve again and have another chance. This sounds like it could be punishment, but this is done out of compassion. Divinity in the earth has given everything to humanity in order to have every chance it can. And humanity has exhausted it completely. The point no more can be given. It's just impossible. So if someone works on themselves and they eliminate 50% of the ego, they are given more of a chance on earth to eliminate, eliminate 100%. Someone who's living 100% of an ego is given the right to enter the golden age of the next race, which is the sixth root race, the next evolution of the earth, which will be less physical than this one. We shouldn't be discouraged because if we're working on ourselves and 50% of ego is a big task, it's possible we won't get past it in one lifetime. Samuel Viol says that divinity always give you a chance. It may not be on this earth, but it could be on another planet in a similar situation. So don't be discouraged if you're hearing this and you go, what's the point? In this world, we see a lot of fear, and that's basically because it's that ego rejecting. It's seeing the chaos the divinity wants to break down. It says, why do these people become materialists? That is, why would they admit only the outer, that which is given in material existence? Because they were afraid of descend into the depths of the human being. And that's what truth, that's what humanity has come to. That's why there's so much fear. Because of this divinity wanting internally to decompose, to remove the ego. But then we apply that instead to the material world and we believe by extinguishing what is wrong and disturbing our psychological state is a way to freedom, it's a way to peace. Unfortunately, it's gotten so extreme, we're seeing what's happening now. So this, to end this, I have a quote that I think is pretty appropriate for what's happening now. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not be troubled. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It's a Matthew.